Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Above the Ice and Into the Numbers. I'm here with Christian and Julian. Um, before we get started, just want to send our condolences to the Gretzky family. Of course, with the passing of Walter Gretzky, um, really the ultimate hockey dad, like embodied the spirit of the sport. And it's nice to see everyone on Twitter and everyone in these press conferences just sort of celebrating um, his life rather than rather than mourn, right? So, you know, um, tough news, obviously, but our condolences out to him and great man from everything that I've heard. Never got the chance to meet him though, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Great. 100%. I actually did. I didn't meet him, but he was at a Leaf game I was at. He was like a couple rows away from me. So the yeah. whole uh, ACC at the time gave him a standing ovation. And it was nice to see. Yeah, that's, that, cool. that's that's pretty cool, man. Like from everything I've heard, when he's in the vicinity, like that's everybody's just drawn to him, right? It's that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh let's switch gears. Let's we want to touch upon the loss last night very briefly before we get into some other stuff. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so yeah, yeah, Leafs lose to Jake Bertanen and what was his Jimmy DC <laughs> game. <laughs> um not a, like Hutchinson, the second goal was bad, but I don't yeah. blame him. You can't eat. like I think it was more just Thatcher Demko played really well. Yeah, I didn't expect that from him. The Leafs had like a really good thirty minutes, and those can't win them all. I'm not bothered by that loss at all. Yeah, I don't know about Christian. No, I mean I'd <laughs> love to get on here and just rage, but I'm not gonna do that this time. Yeah, man. maybe another couple of losses, but coming off that Edmonton series, you can't really be upset with dropping one game, especially yeah. with the cushion that they built in the North Division. I mean, if when they lose I- their next one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of in the rear view mirror, mirror. Like, we're not as safe as we think we are, but... Yeah, big, big, big series against them coming up. Yeah, we still played them nine times, which is kind of scary. Yeah. And a was... lot of games to go against uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. And the Vancouver game was our fourth out of seven days, right? If I'm correct? Or was yeah. it our fifth? No, it was four. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the loss last night, it, maybe not... I mean, you could say it was expected, but at the same time, uh, hopefully they can get back on the horse uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Freddie's Freddie's probably going to start, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'd hope. Is that going to be suitable to you, Christian? I mean, we'll see. I think he'll have a strong performance. I mean, <laughs> we all know. Like, I kind of joke about Anderson, but he's yeah. still like, a solid goalie, especially like defense this year. Mm-hmm. But then we play Sunday after that, so it's interesting to see if Campbell will be back by then. I hope. I really do Hopefully. hope he's back. I like Campbell a lot, man. Um, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't, right? Like, honestly, man, the, the guy is so nice. You, you got to wonder, like, what's going on behind the scenes? Like, there's got to be something, you know? Like, he's just he's just too much of a teddy bear. And, and clearly... I'm, I'm not claiming this, but he could be a serial killer. And he could be. A- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want to be saying that. But, um, no, like, like, clearly his teammates love him. I, I loved seeing Justin Hole. Just, who, who did he jump again? Was it was it Chason, Archibald? Oh, um... Usuals on Edmonton. What, one of those Edmonton stirring the pot. Yeah. yeah. But seeing him jump um, just for, for hitting him, you, you, gotta, you gotta love that. Love seeing a goalie get defended. It's almost interesting to, to see what game out of the three that we played against the Oilers, which one the Leafs played the best. Because they played solid like each and every one. Like, I don't know if we had a bad period per se. Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Even in. Like the, all three of them, we got kind of our clock run. Does, does that even make sense? We we kind of we got like like the show taken to us in like the first five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, when when we started to even it up, it was just all 
us for the rest of the game, it felt like, at least in terms of, of high danger chances. And once we got those leads, they just felt safe. Like, yeah, I wasn't Especially worried. That game where we scored like the first two goals and first two shots, I think it was like the second game. Yeah, I was. I was going to say the second game definitely felt like the best all around game in my opinion, mm-hmm. especially because Matthews was up for that one and Hutchison was in there for that one. And the fact mm-hmm. that we, we had a lead and I never really felt like it was in jeopardy, even with Hutchison and net. I mean, he's not the worst goal in the world, but he's not like also one of the best goalies. So the fact that yeah. we could feel comfortable with a lead, especially against Edmonton and McDavid, I don't think he had one scoring chance that entire game. It's so unbelievable. That was definitely our yeah. best defensive game of the year. Like, at least in that first game, he had that, that streaking backhand chance right in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh, I th- he, he had a couple chances late against Hutchinson, but nothing was really that dangerous. And then the third game, like, they're just pouring it on in the first two periods, and you can tell the Oilers are just broken after that. Uh, Dry Saddle's post-game press conference was pretty – I loved it. It was pretty funny I, to me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, like, no, yeah, we, we love going for one of us for three games. That's, 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 that's the answer I'd give if I was giving a press conference. Oh, yeah. It was such a fantastic answer. Terrible question. A horrible question. Brutal. Like, how do you guys feel about just getting like absolutely destroyed for three straight games? <laughs> like, what kind of question is that, man? Especially like, why would you ask him after like the third game? Like, you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, he's looking for a quote, and he's like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Like, he he actually scoffed after hearing that question. <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> um, what, what we we planned? We didn't plan on talking about the Leafs too much, though. It's, yeah. it's weird. Like we've never been in this position where it's like, what do we talk about? Everything is pretty nice here. Everything's nice land. right now. Yeah. Everything's a good there's, time. There's actually one leaf thing I wanted to bring up just yeah, of course. Uh-huh. I don't think the last time we spoke, this line hadn't been brought together yet, but I'm loving the third line of interesting. Paul and Hyman. That line yeah. is incredible. Uh, I, it has noted fastest player in the league, Ilya Mikheyev. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is it just me? He's better defensively. Don't get me wrong, and I, yeah. I love him. But he's like the new Michael Grabner. Yeah. And that he'll get like three breakaways a game and just <laughs> hands of stone and just not score. That's Wait, so I, true. I love him so much, and he got, he got robbed last night too with a stack pass yeah. save. But yeah, man, that guy, that guy is is snake bitten right now. Actually, I did want that, that line's fantastic. When was the last time we had a, we had a shutdown line? Right. It's been a while. <laughs> But um, one thing I want to ask you guys, though, was, you know, the third line's great. But when Simmons comes back, then and let's say you even throw him on that line with Tavares and Nylander again. That means Kerfoot has to go back down. So what do you do to that third line? Yeah. At the beginning of the season, if I'm not wrong, didn't Kerfoot play with Hyman and Mikheyev? I believe so. Yeah, that was the third line. Engvall was actually out. Like, he wasn't even on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't playing at all. I just don't know if they're going to want to break up that third line now. Yeah. I definitely think Kerfoot is like the offensive upside at least is better than Engvall, even though he scored last night. But I think Engvall has definitely secured himself a fourth line spot for sure. Yeah. I don't think he'll come out of the lineup again unless he's injured or he struggles. So even though he might not stay in the top nine, I think he's secured a spot in the lineup. And if he and if he goes on the fourth line, I think Spezza is a lock on the fourth line as well. Mm-hmm. And then is it VC Boyd? I, I don't know. Hopefully, then I think you can just platoon them. VC. Yeah. Boyd, um, Patan, Barabanov, Patan, like you, you and see, well, Patan really only plays against the Canucks <laughs> and he looks really good. Um, but it doesn't really get on the score sheet yeah. except for that one. It's game. Kind of keeps thing, if, you, if you think about it, like he, he plays Patan against the Canucks. And then when, when we play Winnipeg, watch, he's going to call Brooks. Brooks always plays against Winnipeg. He <laughs> loves the hometown kids. I don't know. 
Actually, we have like three games against Winnipeg coming up, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice little home series. That's good. It's gonna be interesting. If it's gonna be weird without Line A. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Matthews pulled so far away from that conversation, but still, you you like that storyline at least. Right. And that's like Dubois versus promo at least Matthews having the package. (laughs) Yeah, because every game they would, you know, market Matthews, Lonnie, who's going to prevail. And he's actually the better pick five years later, even though we have so much evidence <laughs> as to which player is better. Um, man, do we, do we want to talk about the, the Jets pretty briefly? Because sure. they are good. And yeah. I, they're, they're right in the rearview mirror. I think uh, in our last podcast, we were talking about what team would you want to face? out of all the North teams going into the playoffs. And I, think we said I said the Jets. I think, yeah, most of us said the Jets or the Flames, oh, and I man. definitely don't want to go the Jets now. No. Oh, yeah, no, we said the Flames. Okay, good. But the we, Jets. I think I um, said you guys said the Flames. But I yeah. didn't change that now. I'm down to play the Flames. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. We'll have well, to actually, see how we play against them, right? But it, everything's looking good for them, man, because, I mean, Kyle Connors really, in the past couple seasons, cemented himself as one of the league's best goal scorers. Mark Shifley's been he, he was on a heater, but he's been a bit up and down, but he's always solid. And Ehlers, Ehlers is really coming to his own this season. It, it's huge. It's good. It's good to see for them. Neil Pionk is a beast. Somehow yeah. they won that trade. Yeah. Yeah. I think um with Winnip see Winnipeg, it's it's interesting because they're seven three and in their last ten. The mm-hmm. Leafs are seven two and one in their last ten. So oh. the series that we're gonna have here, like imagine, not that I think this is gonna happen, but if the Leafs pulled in Edmonton, we just yeah. go blank for three games. All of a sudden, Winnipeg's right back where we are. I don't think that'll happen though. Um, Edmonton just it's it's crazy. Like I don't think that I thought personally they would be the one contending with that first spot. I think it's just us and Edmonton, uh, us and Winnipeg now gonna be competing for that number one spot. Yeah, the thing with this Winnipeg series is it's definitely – it's, like, important for both teams, but I think it's definitely more important for Winnipeg. Like, I think Winnipeg has to win at least, like, six. Of you got four of six points. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, like, the whole rest of the season. They need to win at least oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teams where we can escape with, like, maybe four. Even if, like, we win four, they win five, we're probably still in a good spot. So, you never want to play with, with that mentality, but we just need to get a couple of wins here, I think. Yeah, it, it's good too because I was talking about it with uh, with my father. Actually, it, it, you want that adversity to come now. You, you don't want things to be all sunshine and rainbows going into the playoffs. You, you need some adversity. You don't want to pull a Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but there's definitely been adversity so far in terms of injuries. Like we've been missing a couple key players for quite a few games, and and they've pulled through. But I, I'm excited for these games against the Jets because that that's really the measuring stick of, of how is this team going to fare in the playoffs, right? Yeah. And I think you're right. yeah, like it's, it's a tough team. And I just want to say one thing. I don't know if this still applies, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to fact check it afterwards, but I think there's only one forward on the Montreal Canadiens who has more points than Jason Spezza. What? Yeah. I'm pretty, uh, Montreal played yesterday. Exactly. So exactly. So I'm not certain, but I'm going to check. Is that to Foley? It's got to be to Foley. Yeah, it's that has 15 points. It's two. I think <laughs> it's Napoleon Suzuki. Suzuki. Um, they now have three players. So Petrie. Oh, but forwards. They have two forwards 
Yeah. Um, Suzuki <laughs> and Tapoli, who have more points than Jason Spezza. So good on them. They they doubled it since the last time I saw but, that tweet. That's the thing. Really good season. I I just think that Jason Spezza should at least be on the third line. Like I know he's not gonna you know perform every game but i just think that he's been great so far this season like I, he they continuously put him on the fourth line i'm like just put it yeah, give like him a few ain't, games if yeah. ain't broke don't fix it man and yeah you need that shutdown line to stay together um like it's like working eating the fourth liners up like he's destroying <laughs> so fourth liners so i'm i'm, I'm fine with that put him yeah. in a position to succeed yeah i have a feeling that spezza probably likes that position more like at his age, he probably doesn't want to handle the major minutes. He's fine just getting like ten minutes a game and just getting like a couple points on the fourth line. Power it's incredible play. what he's been able to do, and yeah. he's on the fourth line. So um, since the last time we spoke, there's been two coaches fired in the North Division. Yep. Montreal yeah. and Calgary both fired their coaches after losses to Ottawa, or did Calgary even fired him after winning against Ottawa. That's weird. Yeah, they, they yeah they fired him after a win, which is like the old Randy Carlisle firing right like we were in a playoff spot coming off a win and the pete horacek era came in oh my gosh which was a great time to be a leafs fan but yeah calgary hiring hiring daryl sutter uh what do you guys think of that move it's interesting i mean i i don't i think calgary is trying to fix whatever they got now because i i just as an outs you know we're leaf fans obviously and we're trying to see what the rest of the north division is going to look like but I don't really see the Flames. If they make it, it's like a fourth wild card spot. I don't know if if this switch is what the Flames needed to be better, but I can see why they would do it now instead of waiting till maybe like the trade deadline or something. Yeah, I definitely think it's not the wrong move to fire their coach, especially because they haven't really been performing. But I think it's more of a team thing. I can't see them just because of coaching change improving that much. The team right. doesn't have it. Especially in this division, they can't keep up. Maybe they'd, pro- they'd probably be better if they were still in the Pacific Division. They can play against slower teams that are kind of more to- at their play style. But against the mm. Bats in the North, they can't really compete night in and night out. Even against Ottawa, like the fact that yeah. Ottawa is like embarrassing their defense at least with their fast forwards, Batherson, Kachuk. I don't know. I think Calgary should probably be looking in the in the lottery direction rather than the playoff direction. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily I, I agree with you, Chris, and that it's not exactly the right move, but it's not the wrong move either. It's like what what is you've gone through so many coaches so recently. Like what is that really gonna change? You gotta almost shake up the locker room a little bit. Or you gotta like add somebody, but you can't add without subtracting, I feel like, on this team. It, it, they really gotta figure it out because you have solid pieces. Mm-hmm. Like Dylan Dubay. He's so good. Um <laughs> no, but like it, it, it seems like they, they have the pieces. Like, they, they have a good goalie. You have a solid blue line. And you have, like, a good top six with, with decent depth. You should you, They should be able to figure it out. And I don't know if a coaching change might, like, flip a switch for them for a couple games, like we saw with Sheldon Keefe when he came in. But then right. the Leafs regressed back to what they were at the beginning of that season with Mike Babcock. Um. I think it's really a matter of time will tell. And I don't know if this is necessarily the ideal situation for them because we're actually like, we're like about 30% through the season now. Yeah. And yeah. Where do you, how far are you going to go until you decide what you are at the trade deadline? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of a mess in Calgary, but there is one team moving outside of the North division that I wanted to touch upon. 
and it's the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, God. Hmm. Okay. So Taylor Hall scored his second goal last night, <laughs> snapping a 19-game goal-scoring uh, goal drought. I only know that because he's on my fantasy team. Oh, no. I refuse I refuse to drop him. I'm going to punish myself for making that pick. <laughs> but what is up in Buffalo? Just, what is wrong with this team? Like there have been so many restarts. This whole franchise has been in a rebuild for the past 10 years. They they seem to finally get their piece of Jack Eichel. Then they get Rasmus Dallin. So now you have a forward and a defenseman. Linus Olmark looks like he's he could be a, a solid starter. Same with Lukanen has had his struggles, but he's still young. You have good young pieces on this team. Like what? It, how bad is this locker room? How bad is, yeah. is the culture of this franchise yeah. for them to just be, oh my God, embarrassingly bad? I, I think it's something definitely off the ice. I think that's something that, you know, we obviously don't know, and it's going to maybe take a while for everyone to find out. But at the same time, I do agree with you, David, where I think they have a decent forward group. And they do have some decent defensemen as well, but I don't know if Allmark is the starter. I don't think that he can carry them to maybe a playoff push. He's got a nine nineteen, and a yeah, two point four three. Do that because I have Allmark in fantasy, and I feel, I feel like I always see him putting up like nine twenties, but yet they lose two one. Yeah. yeah, but it is it's it's the offense. Like, dude, Eichel has two goals. Yeah, Hall has two goals. Jeez. What is up with this? Jeff Skinner has no goals. Jeff yeah. Skinner, so... and they they're paying him how much? Eight and a half million dollars. Nine. Casey Middlestat has, hasn't really developed in anything. Jeff Skinner has one assist in eighteen games. Yeah, I definitely was gonna say like it has to be That's some the good. worst. It has to be the worst contract in in maybe it, like worst contract since Chris Davis. I might be worse than that. It, it might, it's Dude. really bad. Yeah, because at least Chris Davis got a got a hit. After what? How many at bats? <laughs> at least, like in baseball, the kind of structure is a little bit different. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. There's no way Buffalo gets all that contract. Like I don't know. Seattle's no, you're like, you're no. stuck with it unless you what, buy it out. Yeah, if I there's see, like six I, I, years I, left on the deal. Yeah, I see people saying like, "Oh, Seattle's gonna take him." I cannot see that happening. Seattle. Who says that? They they need to delete their what? Twitter account if they Great say that. For your franchise with an anchor nine million contract. Yeah, he's nine mil. I just tried, I thought he was eight and a half. He's nine. That's that's unreal. Sign through. Sign through to twenty twenty seven. That's a bur- what? Twenty twenty seven. Delete. That is the worst. And they still have Kyle Ocpozo. Yeah. Two more years after this. And Taylor Hall is apparently talking about signing an extension with this team, which I get because who else would want him at this point? Yeah. I just like... Definitely, with the Taylor Hall discussion, I've seen some talks about him coming to the Leafs. Would you guys take him on a pick? No. No. No? No, No, I wouldn't. At this point, I'd probably take like... I wouldn't even take Taylor Hall at four mil. Right now? Tavares and Nylander? Because because what what would we have to give up for him? Because we have $26,000... Into yeah. salary well, cap space. Okay. What what's going the other way? You gotta assume Kerfoot, right? That's okay. the only salary that makes sense. Okay, who else? Because you gotta yeah. give another yeah, I wouldn't give up a major and, and then and then what what you gotta get rid of a first round pick oh. and then you don't want to do that on top of that. Like I'm not doing that for Taylor. You don't want to give up guys like Hyman or anything like that. So oh god, no. Hyman, no. I'm getting his jersey when he signs that extension. Love dude. him. 
He's I don't awesome. actually probably take Hyman over Hall right now. Like if I had Leeds for real. Top face aside. He sniped one on Mike Smith and then he got the the classic blue crease goal. Like it's <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 gotta be the culture, right? Yeah. Because Brandon yeah. Montour was a solid up and coming defenseman. And he gets traded to the Sabres and he becomes garbage. Yeah. Yoki Haru. Yoki Haru. Yeah, it's like what is Colin and I, 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 I genuinely feel bad for Sabres fans. Yes, I agree yeah. with that. Because they consistently are near the tops of attendance and viewership and ratings, and they have to watch this terrible team. It's awful. I, it, like, be Seattle fans. It might be better. <laughs> who is the number – do we know who uh, the, the best viewership for an NHL team? Is it the Leafs? I got to assume it's us. Or, or an American team, maybe like Chicago. Yeah, they get really good I know that Chicago, like before COVID and everything, they had the best attendance in the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they did the biggest arena also. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of Chicago, I kind of want to touch on them. They've been an interesting team this year. Definitely. Wait, wait, wait. But before, sorry, but before we transition, does anybody else have anything negative to say about the Sabres? The, the only thing I was going to say is I almost want to see Jack Eichel get traded somewhere. I just want to see where what happens, like how good he is. That was going to be my question to Chris before we transition to okay. Chicago. How do you see Eichel getting traded? Is it in the offseason if he does or a couple years down the line, like a McDavid situation, if Edmonton keeps failing? All right. First, I just got to mention this. Did anyone see that tweet of that uh, Senators fan where it was like, uh, I'd be fine with trading for Eichel, but these are a list of my untouchables. And it was like half the roster and it had like Shane Pinto. He's like, I would not trade Shane, Shane Pinto for Jack Eichel. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But yeah, I can't see Eichel getting traded midseason. I really can't see him getting traded this offseason. I think it might be two years out. It's, it's, it's a weird scenario because mm-hmm. you can't win a Jack Eichel trade. I can't yeah, no. get... You just, need... Because then you're looking for Jack Eichel immediately after that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unless Dylan Cousins is, like, the next Jack Eichel, but then you're still where you started. So Workhorse from Whitehorse. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Like, there's no way you get good assets back. You'll probably get, like, a couple first that you'll probably not be able to develop either. So it's definitely a systemic problem that you have to fix. It's just and, Eichel doesn't want to be there. Like, he – and I think he deserves to be on a much better team as well. But I don't know. He's a uh, tough nut to crack. Yeah. He's he's made he's he's made some some changes in that on that franchise, coaching no, GM. For sure. um, all right, yeah, let's let's move on for Chris so we don't run out of time before we get to the topic that he wants to discuss, which is the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I just want to talk about Chicago because they've been a re- really big surprise this year. We have their top two centers in Taze and Doc from last year. Yeah, and surprising all expectations. I saw a post after like five games saying like. Is Chicago is this Chicago team the worst team over the last ten years, and now they're in a playoff spot and they're playing great. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just excited to talk about them. What do you guys think about Chicago? This year? Well, uh, I mean, DeBrincat I think is just unbelievable this year, and he's really stepped up. I like the way he's playing, and you know, congratulations to Patrick Kane for hitting that 400 goal milestone. I think that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. Actually, I I saw this too last night when when uh, the game was on during. The intermission they were saying is Patrick Kane the best American American born player? player. What do you guys think about that? Um, um, I think he might be. Yeah, it used to be Mike Medano for yeah. me at least. 
think he's good, man. I, he's got the cups. He's got the resume. Yeah, Kane's legacy speaks for himself. I think three cups. It's hard to argue, especially mm-hmm. now he's not even like he still has more years left. Like he's just gonna keep yeah. on racking on those, really. on those records. I mean, yeah, he's he's. I see a lot of people saying he's doing it on his own. He's got like two other players helping him out, and and the Brin kit. I mean, even even Kubalik's been yeah like a solid sophomore year, and then Kevin Lankinen in the net has just been fantastic. I saw this guy at the World Championship a couple of years ago on Finland, just keeping such a close game. Like they they beat Canada, they beat the U.S., they beat Russia. It was crazy. Um, sorry to go on that little that little tangent, but Patrick Kane really. As of right now, he's he's the best American-born player of all time. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really hard to argue, especially because, like Chris was saying, like he still has years to go, and mm-hmm. we're, he's already in that conversation. So, yeah, I just it's gonna be interesting to see where Chicago goes, like if they're gonna make an, an actual playoff run, or maybe it's just a first round exit. Yeah, another thing I wanted to mention with Chicago is when are teams gonna stop letting them sign these European free agents? They've been like four or five. Yeah, there, yeah. Cahoon. Kubalik, Suter, I don't know. I feel like oh. that's such an untapped market that they're one of the only teams that's going out there and signing these players. And it's, it's, it's working for them. Yeah. Can I just say, I don't understand why I keep seeing Suter's name in Calder conversation. <laughs> like, I know his underlying numbers are good, but when you have almost half your goals, and I'm pretty sure he added an assist in that game. So it was a four-point game. So a third of your points in one game. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> I mean, not in the Calder conversation. His you know, teammate Lankinen is in the Calder conversation, I'm, not not him. I don't even think there's a conversation. I think it's Caprice. Yeah. Close. Yeah, no, it's definitely Kareel. But I just keep seeing Suter's name pop up in, on the Calder like, <laughs> track. I'm like, what? what is this guy doing here, man? Great. Like, good for him. Um, And I'm sure he can turn out to be a fantastic player because, like, like I said, the underlying numbers are fantastic for him in terms of possession and expected goals percentage. But – real and that, i think that's a good transition because another surprising team that i wanted to discuss was the minnesota wild right and they have a similar makeup to chicago in what we've just discussed in that capo kakinen this yeah. goalie emerging emerging onto the scene has been fantastic a great rookie in kaprizov and just a really solid blue line they, they're yeah. even and they, they've Good breakout seasons from guys like uh, Joel Erickson Eck. He's been playing really well. It's, it's nice to see because, I mean, what was the last time Minnesota's had a star? It's been right? a like, like Ryan Suter's great. Yeah. But like in terms of an offensive threat, like they haven't had a Kaprizov. You're like Gabrick last one. Uh... Gabrick, I mean, player. if you want to count like Kevin Fiala in the back half of last season, but he's. I don't, I don't want to count that. Yeah. Like yeah. I love Fiala, but but he's not a star, and it's yeah, he's not a number one guy. Exactly, and I'm really happy for them. And also, those retro reverse jerseys are so nice. Yeah, I, I, I love them at first, but when I saw them with the LA jerseys in the same game, I think mm-hmm. those are my two favorite. So beautiful. That's the exact game that I that I was like, damn man, these are really nice jerseys. <laughs> um, I think we are running out of time. Yeah. Yeah, there was just one more segment I wanted to do real quick. Yeah, of course. So I'm gonna I'm gonna name a team. And I'm gonna name a goal for them in the season. And you guys just quickly tell me in one word if they get if they get this goal or they don't get it. You guys understand? What I'm okay, saying? like so, like a, a bucket list thing that they yeah. achieve. Okay. Yeah, basically. So Minnesota make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, they, let me check. 
<laughs> uh, Vegas make the conference finals. Yes. Yes. Okay. Pittsburgh make the playoffs. Uh, no. I'm gonna say no as well. All right. Philadelphia win a playoff round. Yes. I'll say I'll say yes for now, but I'm not overly convinced. All right. Uh, Boston make the conference finals. No. Ooh. I'll say yeah. I'll say yes. Okay. Um, Dallas make the playoffs. No. No. That that's a tough one. Uh, Carolina win a playoff round. Yeah, yeah. all the way, all the For way. Sure. Okay. Um, Chicago make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa win the cup. Oh man. Um, they're definitely the front runners. Yeah. And they're doing this without Kucherov, who they will probably get back for the playoffs. Yeah. I don't see how you go against them, especially now that they've gotten the monkey off their back in terms of actually succeeding in the playoffs. So for now I'll say yes, but Vegas is still my cup pick. Yeah, like like David said, Vegas was my my cup pick from the beginning, but it's hard to bet against Tampa. It really is. All right, and then the, I'm going to do one for each North Division team, and then we're going to wrap up here. So, Ottawa, right. win the lottery. Yeah. No. All right. Vancouver, fire their coach or GM before the end of the season? I think hmm. you have to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say no. I feel like it's a very – I feel like it would be a very Vancouver thing for them to keep rolling with, with <laughs> Green and Benning. Okay. Um, Calgary, make the playoffs. No. Um, I'll say no. Okay, this is a fun one. Carey Price, finish the season above or below a 900 save percentage? <laughs> That's actually... I was waiting for that one to come. Oh, man. You know, I honestly think Jake Allen's going to take over for the big... Really? Uh, the start really? Like, like a stretch, for a stretch. He has to, man. Like, I know they have confidence in Carey, and you have to start him. Because of that contract and obviously because of his resume, like when's he gonna drop? Because this guy can figure it out. I really don't know. I'm, uh, um, yes, he will get he will get a save percentage above nine hundred. I think it'll be a really it'll be like a solid nine nine oh four. I was gonna say like I think he will. I think he will, but be very just right over like slow. It hurts to say, man. I love Price. It really hurts to say. <laughs> okay, for Edmonton, uh, McDavid over or under hundred points. Oh, under. It's so, like, again, it's hard to bet against McDavid doing that, but I think he's going to finish like 96, 97. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be close. Just under. I think, it, I think it's going to be those <laughs> I think it's those three games against Toronto where he went pointless. But that's going to hold him back. And then, you know what? I know, I'm going to change it. I think he is. I think he's going yeah, to be I, I hope he does. That'd be insane. I think it's going to be like a 103. Okay. I, could, I could see that. Winnipeg win a playoff series. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. If they finish second and they're not playing Toronto. Wait, and, and <laughs> we got Toronto make the finals. No. Oh god. I don't you, think. I mean, I different? want I want it to believe because they look good. This season but no. has been different. <laughs> Objectively, my heart says no. But my brain is like, you know what, man? They haven't given you a reason to doubt yet. 
Sure. Toronto will make the finals. They will beat Tampa. <laughs> they get, actually, no, no. They, they, they'd be in the Western, the Western Conference, right? It, it, they have to play Tampa off, in the finals? It goes off seeding, so they can be anyone. Oh, God. See, and then that, but that's where I get confused. Yeah. We're not confused, but that's where I stop. It's because, so yes, let, I think we can beat North teams, but I think you get well, to that let conference me, Let finals. me pose a hypothetical for you. They're in the conference final to make the finals. They play Vegas in the conference final. Do they win? I... Do they, they play Tampa in the conference final? Do they win? No, no, no. They I play don't. Boston in the conference finals. Dude, if it's See, Boston in the conference finals, I will cry. But also, if they win against Boston, they're winning the conference See, that's the thing. I think that this year, it's possible that if we play Boston, we I feel like this would be the year we might be able to do it. But we're, we're looking <laughs> so far ahead. I, I don't want to scare anyone. <laughs> we're looking I, so far ahead. I brought this up to my friend, and now we can't stop thinking about it. So the way the U.S. is going with the vaccine rollout and everything, there's a potential chance that we might play Boston in the finals with a full capacity TD Garden. Oh God! I don't We're want losing that. All I the dude, dude, don't want that. We are losing. In- yeah, so I'm kind of scared. I'm I'm praying that Washington or someone takes them out because I do not want to play them. Yeah, VTech. I would like to play Washington again. I, I always found that when the Leafs played Washington, the playoffs it was, was definitely fun. the most enjoyable series. Yeah. <laughs> The one that we lost. <laughs> yeah. We lost all of them, man. Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you mean? The one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of our yeah, bosses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The rank, one that we lost. Playoff <laughs> this can go back to 2004. The yeah. one that we lost. Jeez. Okay. Well, I think right. we have time here, but this is yeah, a great wrap, wrap that up. Uh, yeah, we definitely went over time, but uh, it is what it is. Oh, man, Spirit Live, give us more time. What do you yeah, come on. We, we are on. We are Spirit Live veterans. We deserve to get an extra 15 minutes of calling them out right now. And we're probably going to get our show taken off. All right. So (laughs) thank you to everybody for listening to another episode of Above the Ice and Into the Numbers. This has been David, Christian, and Julian. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And we're signing off. Yeah.